Welcome back to On Guard Cigar Salon, where four kinky guys, actually four kinky older guys, sit around, we talk the shit, we talk about how things used to be and how things are now. We are joined today by, with Graylin Thornton, Grace Bannon, the Cigar Pig, and of course our producer, Amp, who is always behind the camera, making sure we're doing everything right. So one of our highest rated episodes was our on guard, ask a leather daddy anything that we did up at Gear Up. Uh, we had a live audience, people asked us questions, and the feedback from that was, everyone loved to ask us questions. So we sent out on Twitter, uh, asking you what your questions are, and today we're just gonna sit around and answer them. Are you guys prepared for this? I'm ready. You're ready? I'm ready. Do you like answering questions off the cuff? Yes. Has anyone looked at the questions beforehand? I saw one or two, I think, on Twitter, yeah. That's, I saw be one. that's because you know how to use Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen any questions. That's because you don't know how to use Twitter. <laughs> I've only seen one that was retweeted by race. <laughs> I don't know how to use Twitter. Question. Yes. Are you guys ready? We're ready. We're ready. We're ready. We're ready. So, so hit us. There are some rules to this game. Uh, sorry, not game. Uh, to this method of questions. Uh, there are no follow-up questions. And you kind of just have to make up your own synopsis, shorthand story on whatever they're asking, pretty much, based on what they're asking. So don't ask me a question. You're going to anyway. But how do we understand what the context is? If we don't... I just said... I can't. <laughs> question one. This one is from Dawson, who says, long-time watcher, first-time listener. What is the key to smoking a good cigar, and what's your favorite place to get them? Mm. Well, my cigar pig gets me my cigars, so well, <laughs> you're my favorite place to get them. <laughs> right. Well, Grace and I were, and Grace Graylin and I were just talking about Neptune cigars in Fort Lauderdale, and I would give them a shout out because I buy stuff online, but you visited the shop, so uh, it was like one of the best shops I've ever been in. It's huge. It's um, sectioned off properly, and the people are really, really friendly. Especially that means a lot to people of color because yeah. it's not always the case. Or so, queers, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it was a great, it was a great experience, right? Because I asked um, Grayson if they were queer friendly. He said, "Oh, absolutely." I mistakenly started saving the camera that's just saving I, for, for Graylin and Grace. I, I started naming it the Grace camera <laughs> because I'm my brain, and so I'm so sorry that I put that out there. But anyway, you're so, the Grace camera. You're the Grace camera. So, and I loved hearing that because I got to say, when I've had to talk to them on the phone, they were great, and it's why I kind of kept going to their website. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Wait, I, so I, does that make you guys the piss camera? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'll take, he wants to be I'll dead. Be, I'll be dead. <laughs> we'll be dead. Part two of that question, though, is and the key to smoking a good one. Ah. The key to smoking a good one? Well, uh, make sure that it hasn't dried out. Right. Um, if, you, if it's dried out, it'll crack and it won't burn evenly. Um, so keep it in a humidor. Uh, what else? Well, Go ahead. Well, I was going to suggest, since I don't keep my humidor very well, I'll be honest, I buy fewer cigars, so I have less to dry out. I know that sounds crazy, but I buy five or ten at a time rather than a full box, because if I don't keep the humidor perfectly, 
then they don't dry out very quickly. Yeah. You know what's surprising is we don't have a cigar sponsor. We can, we need a cigar we sponsor who can come on and tell Neptune? us how to do this. Neptune, <laughs> Neptune, okay. Neptune would be good. Because I, I tried Asylum, who I smoke and always I'm very, very, very loyal to. Didn't get a response, but maybe we will. But you know, I, I also, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I also want to say, make sure that you get a cigar that's good for you because everyone mm -hmm. wants to go and get like the huge asylum cigars and they're not great for everyone. So make sure that you're smoking a cigar that you want to smoke and you're not trying to just be impressive. Right. And what are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, the one other thing I would say is that as I remember when I first started smoking cigars, smoke a light cigar to yeah. start because you, you might want to stick with a lighter cigar, and typically, the lighter the wrapper, the, the lighter, lighter the cigar. cigar. Yeah. A Connecticut is good to start out with. Mm -hmm. And one of the other things I'd say is there's two different ways. You're going to get a cigar that does that is not like open at the end. There's either a punch or you cut it. If you cut it, do it right above the shoulder so that you don't do it under that because then you'll get tobacco in your mouth. So you really want to do it right above the shoulder. We did a little one or a punch, and, and we use a punch, but. Um, I really, and one other thing I have to say is uh, a couple of weeks ago or last week, um, Gray Lend had an acid cigar. And they were he always. Still get it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I think you added a D on I did. Because I'm trying to be silent. for a fact. Yeah, it was. I always heard, oh, those acid cigars and that, that's so terrible. They're flavored. I loved it. And I, for years, have only smoked straight tobacco cigars. I love that acid cigar. Yeah, I try them all. I love the acid cigars also. They smell uh, good and they taste good, especially if you're going to be around a lot of people. Yeah. No one really minds that smell. I was shocked how good they were. Okay, next question. Speaking of age, um, Daddy Spike asked, have you ever had to deal with being excluded in the leather community? If so, how do you deal with it? Ever since I hit 50, nine years ago, I find myself not being invited to events, play parties, etc. I'm told you're too old for this crowd. Thank you for the videos. You're welcome. Mm. But the question being, I don't think I've ever been told I'm too old. Um, but also, a lot of events aren't really like inviting you to. You just show up to them, yeah. don't you? Yeah, yeah. and I think I'm the oldest one here. Kind of thing. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and. Um, I don't think I've ever been excluded, and that's including in the spaces where I walk in relatively unknown. So it's not about people knowing who I am or, you know, having a social circle already. Uh, I have walked into spaces where I'm 20 years older than anybody, 30 years older, and it makes you feel uncomfortable a little bit. A little bit, or yeah. Out of place. But most most people are really good about it. Now we do live in San Francisco, right? Yeah. But there are organizations like the 15 Association, those are nationwide uh, that you can join um, and, and attend their events. Um, so yeah. there, there are a couple of organizations and I, I, I don't try to muscle in on them like YLDG, the Young Men's Leather Discussion Group, and I think they cut it off at 40. Um, but I haven't encountered that, but not to say that doesn't happen. Yeah. But you know, I, I have to say, you know, when I was 30, I wanted to be around 30-year-olds, or unless I was daddy hunting, then I would go to a 40-year-old. 
But, you know, I, people want to be around their own age, and there are going to be events that we all can mingle, but there are going to be other events where, you know, the music is too loud, and the kids are dressed funny, and, and we shouldn't be there anyway. Okay, like, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit funny. <laughs> you know, I have to say, for me, because I think jobs where I've been in and out of the community for the last 40 years, and I have not experienced, like, being excluded. However... You know, go to something like Smoke Out, um, because I do think there it's biased towards older, but there are younger people there. And you start getting connected into different groups and get accepted. And I think that feeling goes both ways. Like you just said, I think there are times I've seen younger. When I was in my 20s, I felt excluded because all the leather daddies were dressed appropriately and I couldn't afford the gear. Um, so I think it's just the groups that you're attending. Yeah, yeah. I will say, um, as a younger person, I feel excluded plenty of times, but that's partly because people know I'm too busy with other things, or I'm not putting myself in that space enough to be, like, you can't that's expect an invite if you're not yeah. part of the community or a part of whatever event's happening. And half the time, it's just letting people know you're interested. Mm-hmm. I agree, yeah. yeah. I, I say just the, keep putting yourself out. Let the kids yeah. have their parties when they want to have their parties. Yeah. Right. And their weird dress. And yeah. their and, weird and, dress. And, and let, let, loud let the kids music. wear dress wear. Those little <laughs> whippersnappers they yeah. run around with their Fans. Own. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no fan blacking. Right the line. But fans were back with roller skating, too. So they had an early life, and now they've been resurgent. So... <laughs> Hey boys, catch me if you can. Yeah, clack, clack, clack. clack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every queen had a fan. Yeah, and let, let me know. As, <laughs> as an older person, I read the room. Yeah. And sometimes I walk into a space. There was a play party here in San Francisco. I was by far the oldest guy there. I felt completely comfortable. Did I think I was going to jump in and play? Maybe not. Yeah. But that was okay. I was there to support it. I socialized a bit and I left. I read the room. Yeah, I find having low expectations for most of that stuff usually makes it see your expectations are never like let down, and you actually have a good time regardless. But that's just our opinions. Yes. Okay. Are we good? Next question. Next question. Okay. This one is there's two parts to this question. Okay. First part from Kink Core says, "How do you manage STI risks while playing with new and familiar partners?" Mm-hmm. And follow up. This will be, so two-part. The second part being, what do you consider essential safety measures for BDSM? For example, having safety shears. So first part of the question, how do you manage STIs with new or old partners? Go. So I think now uh, there are many uh, medications now on the market that are available to us that we didn't have 30 years ago. The first one is be on prep. I mean, there's no reason anyone shouldn't be on prep. Right. HIV is now the only preventable STD. It's the only preventable STD. We should probably say here, we're not doctors. We're just simply giving our opinion. And if you don't have a doctor who will prescribe you PrEP, go to Mr. They'll set you up. Um, Not sponsor again, but... They sponsor us, but... (laughs) 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 But no, it it is, because in middle America and other places, they're having a hard time... A lot of their doctors don't even know what PrEP is. So if you go to an organization like Mr., they can set you up and get you hooked up. Um, Now, there's also other things. So now that everyone is on PrEP, barebacking has been gone off the shelves. And back in our day, we 
we put on the glove. We, yep. we wore condoms. And that prevented a lot of STIs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now STIs are on the rise again. Yeah. Um, I do know that, and I, I go through my doctor, do this through your doctor. Um, if I'm going to a heavy play weekend where I'm going to have multiple par- partners, I take Doxy now. Um, I don't think a lot of people are aware of this yet. Doxycycline. Do- Doxycycline right. will prevent a lot of like gonorrhea and chlamydia uh, STIs yeah. if you do it proactively. And syphilis. And syphilis. Mm-hmm. I did not know syphilis. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are two ways to well, to do it, play yeah. a little safer. And if I can right. add, because uh, Mister serves all fifty states and I think Puerto Rico. Again, not a sponsor. Um, but there's a similar service in like Canada, uh, British Columbia, Manitoba, right. Ontario, all the other places. Uh, it's called GoFreddy, and they offer pretty much the same service as Mr. Butt in the Canadas. So, oh. so the Canadas. The other thing is that I get tested quarterly. It's, I've been doing it for as long as I can remember. I go into, we're lucky here in San Francisco. We have a men's health clinic where we can walk in and say, give me a test. And I do that every quarter. Um, I do take Doxy after sex. Um, almost, I don't have sex that often, so I can take it on a yeah. pretty much every time I have sex. I wouldn't suggest taking Doxy every day. Yeah. Right. And don't go in the sun if you take stuff. Oh my God, that happened to me. I got burnt to <laughs> yeah, yeah. crisp. Makes you sun sensitive. Um, and, and for those that are wondering about doxycycline as um, an STI prevention, um, you take it 24 to 72 hours after you have sex. It was presented at the recent Montreal AIDS Right. Um, AIDS conference. It's very well researched, it, and so the data is in. It works, and the efficacy is quite high. It's not 100, percent but it's oh, quite it's high. Um, and the other thing I'm going to say is that if somebody says to me, "I'm not going to play you play with you if you might have an STI," and remember, STD, STI, same thing. STI tends to be right. the the verbiage people. Infection think. versus disease. Correct. I do want to make a distinction. Yes. But continue. Um, uh, if they say, oh, I don't want any, I say, well, I get tested every quarter, but I might have had sex with someone last week. And so there is a modicum of risk. Right. It's just the risk you take. And so I don't play with them. Right. If they're that well, vehement about it. And I think that's what's really important. I came out, so did you, before HIV. And STIs were, you know, as prevalent as they're becoming now because everybody's barebacking. And, you know, you have to do a self-assessment of what is the level of risk you're comfortable with. Because if you have sex with somebody or you go to a play party and then you're obsessed for the next week, oh, my God, what did I do? That's not fun. So you have to decide, here's the level of risk that I'm willing to engage in. But the smart way to do it is getting profi testing, which is prophylactic testing every three months, and be wise, you know, ask the person too. How about you? You know, I think I'm clean. Are you? Have some conversation, but also know your level of risk that you're comfortable with. I don't use that word clean, though. I know. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. That's an old thing. It's striking. But you know, I, and I want to throw this in there too. A lot of people do a lot of traveling over the mm-hmm. year. Like they'll go to IML for the first time and walk in there and be overwhelmed, or, mid, or Mid Atlantic, or, you know, one of the other events. Uh, Fulsome. Yeah. And you have to understand that everybody else is just as excited as you are. And if you're going to go and just jump into the bushes, you're going to you're going to come out with something. So just just know no. that that's part of it. <laughs> you're you're going to come out with poison oak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you I might get poison oak, so I'm good. You might. But, but you know, is is plan on going 
Plan on getting something and then going and getting tested. Well, the other positive thing with PrEP is doctors require you to get tested quarterly, quarterly to yeah. get the yeah. prescription. So actually, I, I believe it's a little safer now because more people are aware when they weren't getting tested regularly yeah. uh, that they actually, because yeah. like chlamydia could be in you and you not know it. Yeah. Um, Even though I'm positive and undetectable and therefore not transmissible, um, I feel safer with someone who's on PrEP because I know they go through that quarterly the testing. Protocol. Right. So what was the second part of that question? Yeah, no, that, <laughs> good answers. Uh, part two was, uh, what is essential safety gear for BDSM? So I want just one piece of gear from each of you. Safety safety gear? Yeah, what's gear. essential safety gear um, or measures, or measures. So something to keep things safe in a BDSM scene. Race, go. I always carry with me safety shears, which are also called bandage shears. Okay. Yeah, be, make sure you get the ones with little rounded edges. Yeah. Uh, Raylan, go. Make sure someone knows where you are and what type of plane you're going to do. Daddy. Fire extinguisher. No. Oh, well. No, I'm kidding. No, no. I mean, that's good. Hey, go. I would say um, knowing the equipment, how to really use the equipment that you're using, any kind of um, equipment that you choose to use with somebody. Use it before, know what you're doing. Also, if you're doing impact play or any uh, cutting, uh, have something to clean and sterilize. Yeah, good. I would say a first aid kit or a safe word. Ah! Next question. The, kid, uh, so we'll... the kids still play with safe words. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the safe word is. There's even a show with safe word in the name. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't, quiet don't fight too. them in the feeds over there, okay? <laughs> Speaking of being fed, have you guys supported today's sponsor? Oh my god, Leather Daddy is in the house! Hi. Look at you! Hi, Chris! Hi, Daddy. Hi, What'd you bring us? Uh, lots of goodies. We have some um, tasty old here, the world's first flavored body scrub. It is pumpkin spice season, everybody. Oh, basic. Uh, <laughs> let's see, it brought um, glazed donut hole. Oh, that's Graylin's favorite. You want to taste? Yeah, who doesn't like a glazed donut? Well, or a glazed ass. My favorite story is how Graylin uses it. It's just frosting. It's ass frosting for him. <laughs> <laughs> just takes a butter knife, slaps it on a hole, and good yeah. to go. Toast, whatever. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what else you got? Um, the Leather Daddy Cologne. Oh, I, I like know this. a lot of leather folks are like, Cologne, leather. No. I developed this to actually work with your body. Make you feel sexy and work with your pheromones and turn people on. It actually smells sexy good in leather. Sexy. It does, and we were skeptical and loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. There's leather, there's scotch, there's vanilla. There's 18 different erotic spices that I blended together wow. to have the blood flowing, mm. make it feel sexy and turn you on a little bit. I love <laughs> it. And then um, my body balm here, plant-based. Everything is plant-based. Um, you can practically eat everything that I make. So what is a body balm? So a body balm, it's a, lo it's, it's a, it's a lot more deeper moisture than lotion. Ah, so you leave it on? Yeah. This one you leave on, don't yeah. wash off. Um, I know, it's so confusing. <laughs> great for shaving scenes and things like that. Oh, so, there's an idea. Speaking of shaving, if you don't want to shave, I have beard oil as well to yeah. get a nice, sexy, smiley, shiny beard. Uh-huh. We like smiley beards. <laughs> That's a thing now. Hashtag smiley beard. And then um, body scrubs, and then make lotions and body wash and shampoo and 
Thanks, products. And well, thank you. And I'm going to take this time to thank you personally for being a sponsor from episode one. That's you really right. have gotten this show off the ground, and we really appreciate you. We applaud you. <laughs> Good job. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> now get off the <laughs> We have questions to answer. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you, Leather Daddy. <laughs> All right. What's our next question? Next question comes from AIATX. As someone who's fairly new to BDSM, how would you recommend finding and vetting guys that you can trust to teach you or play online? Okay, I feel like we've answered this one before in the gear up, and this is why, uh, because we give a shout out to Recon all the time, I find Recon the best place for finding leather real players, and it gives you, it's like a menu, you can see what they're into, you can see who their friends are, you see a really good description, and I think we're at the point where people use real pictures, so uh, that is how I do it. How do you guys do it? Uh, recon is my favorite. Uh, for men who have sex with men, recon is it as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's my main kink connection mechanism mm -hmm. is, is recon. Um, the other thing is that um, I know that there are other hookup sites, and I don't think they necessarily cater to kink in the way that recon does. Mm -hmm. So if you really want to explore BDSM, you really want to explore kink, I think recon is the way to go. I agree. One of the things I would say, and I said this at Gear Up, and I think everything that's been said is important, is I think we have to take away the stigma of sex workers because there are sex workers out there who obviously they know what they're doing. You can talk to them. And like this person asked, they never did it before. Why not go to somebody first that they don't have to worry about a relationship as much as hire somebody and say, what do you do? And tell me, I think I know, I think we should take the stigma away and people should think of it. I, I think like a that's dog. a good idea. We could do a whole episode about yeah. sex workers. Yeah, we could. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Let's <laughs> do that. Yeah, Let's they know that. what they're doing. <laughs> they know what they're doing. And you can ask them questions like yeah. a mentor. A pro dog. Yeah. Pro -dog. And, you, I, and you will be safe in that environment. You will. They they're known. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Speaking of pro doms. Uh, R.C. McCauley asks, is there a book on the psychology of people who enjoy BDSM? Vanilla Dom here. Ooh. Ooh. Bridget Sproat's book. Yes, and the name is escaping me. I know. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> well, Richard Sproat and David Ortman wrote a book that's, the name is escaping me, but it's superb. It's called Sexual Outsiders. Yeah, oh, that is exactly. sexual. Yeah, that, I have it at home. It is superb. Yes. Richard and David are amazing human beings. Great, great psychotherapists. Great. And um, that is that is the book I would recommend. Nice. Next swear. question uh, from Tara says, your favorite memory all of you have together. It can be from when you met to the present time. Uh, each of you have something to say about the other three, I'm sure. Smoke out. Yeah. We were all I, smoke out. I think smoke out is absolutely my favorite memory of the four of us because we were able to relax and chill and play and socialize and meet new people and do it in a beautiful atmosphere. I loved it. I have a memory of Grayland when I oh. was I was like 23. I had just started working for Drummer Magazine and you had just won Mr. Drummer, but I hadn't met you yet, but I knew you won. 
And we had to go for drummers somewhere. We were flying somewhere and I had to take you to the airport. And you got in the backseat of my car and you had this amazing boyfriend that had muscles like this big. And the two of you squeezed into my tiny car in the back. And all I was so like in awe that you were in my car. Uh, I was like tongue tied and didn't even know how to talk to you. Wow. Wow. I just, I, I felt like I was okay, in the presence of a royal <laughs> What was his name? What was Matt? Matt. Matt. Yeah. God, he was fucking hot. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> but you too. And I was just like, I can't oh, believe so I had these sweet. two muscle leather guys in my car. And I was just like tongue tied and like really? fangirling a little bit, trying not to. Yeah. That is great. Oh my God. <laughs> we would have done <laughs> you. <laughs> Now you tell me. <laughs> Thirty years later. <laughs> I have a question. Have you guys ever? Has any of you guys respectfully done fun things together in the kinky scene? Uh, I have played with Race many times. I have played with the Vic many times. I've never played with Graylin. And I've never played with Graylin. And I've never played with. Yes, you have. Graylin is so standoff. Yes, you have. Oh God, I have. <laughs> Friendship. Yeah. I really, I really like it. Yeah, yeah, and, and especially when you're playing with players, uh, yes. they all have a specialty that they can bring, and you feel you can trust them because yeah. you know them as a friend. They're not going to hurt you. Yep. So it actually does bring another level to the session, and yeah. it's fun. Yeah. How do you ethically fuck your friends? This is a question for me. How do you ethically? Yeah. How do you do, that? <laughs> How do, you do it? I. I Oh, that's, I don't that's a good question. question. What do you mean ethically? Yeah, what do you mean by ethically? That it doesn't ruin the friendship. I mean, yeah, well, you don't want to ruin the friendship. You don't want to lead someone on without, like, proper expectations. So, like, for me, I'd be like, you set the expectations of, like, what the what the relationship is. Obviously, you can be friends and fuck. But some people get attachment, you know, in different ways. Yeah, yeah I think that's on both parties. You just don't yeah. make it awkward after. Yeah. Well, that's fair, but how? I don't know, I yeah, how? How, so, how would you? Just don't be awkward. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is that a lot of my friends, I, everybody here, I truly love. I really I do. Yeah. And when we play, it's another way of love. I, I yeah. just think it's a really... But uh, Yes, love. But I, I think separating play from love from an emotional attachment yes, uh, yeah, yeah. is important it too. Is important. Because there are lots of ways to play and um, experience uh, different aspects of BDSM without becoming romantically involved. You're right. Yeah. But You're, we already have emotional attachments. Right. We're, and already, we're already actual friends. 
happens. Right. And so, you know, whatever we do together, we know that it's under the guise of friendship. Right. So I would change love. I would interchange it with intimacy. It just raises like, the yeah. intimacy and the friendship. Intimacy is a good word. And, and love, of course, you love your friends. But I, I do think, like you said, both of you, it raises intimacy. And maybe makes your friendship stronger if you enter it that way. In, in almost every instance, when I play with a friend, it does make the friendship stronger. Yeah, I can't really think of one where it did not. Yeah. No, I, I, well, there was that one time you played with Graylin and. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and yeah, and obvious. <laughs> and, and, and now Graylin's never talking to you again. No. <laughs> right. I thought it meant something. I've done that before with someone, though, and because sexual energies, we have tons of sex positive friends. Next question. Yes. <laughs> now that you've played, we can I just... love you. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that you've played, we can just ship your name to go. Uh, it's Grace. Grace. Next question um, from David Setsman asks, what would you say is the significance of leather queer history? And what aspects of it would you feel are the most important for the younger generation to learn? Oh, can you repeat that question? That's a good Absolutely. Question. So, two parts, kind of. What would you say is the significance of leather queer history, and what is the one thing you think younger generation needs to learn about art history? So, what importance of it, and the one thing you think that the young generation should have? For me, the importance of leather queer history <laughs> would be the fact that leather people have a place in queer history. Mm -hmm. That's the number one thing, because so often we can be sh pushed aside, especially in smaller communities. Right. Where, yeah. So there's that. Um, and the second part of the question was? The most important thing that you think young queers should learn about our history. Like, what, what's, a, what's a part? Oh. So like for me, it'd be like Stonewall, for instance. For, uh, for leather history? I'm gonna say leather history. Go. If somebody starts parroting a lot of old guard stuff where they say this is how it was and Your everybody has to be this, handed down. Right. right. All, all these kind of rigid rules. I mean there was a flavor of that, but realize that it's been mythologized and romanticized beyond recognition by a right. lot of people. Right. Yeah, I, I hear a lot of the old guard rules and I'm like I don't even remember that ever occurring. Where, where are you coming up with this? Oh, yeah. Um, These hatting ceremonies or whatever. Right. right. Remember that? Yeah. Well, hatting. Hatting. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. A what? Hatting ceremonies. Hatting ceremonies. I think, think Hardy Haberman named it that. In a hatting <laughs> ceremony. No, but what is that? Can you please explain? A, a capping ceremony. Yeah, it's... But you know what? Elaborate. Capping. Go ahead. It's, it's, it's this whole ceremony when someone presents someone with their master's cap. And um, I had never heard of that until just a few years ago. No, I had heard of it before that. And I was always confused by that because when they give the master's cap, does that mean they're no longer a master? What are they going to wear? Well, you well, mean you have to sub a collar that can still get subbed. And I'll be honest, I have a little issue with it because it seems to elevate people that are on the dom side of the spectrum. Like, like you're going to get a special hat and this and that. But I think people on the sub side of the equation are just as important. And there aren't a lot of ceremonies for them. There are collaring ceremonies, but there's Maybe. something different about the way they right. make capping ceremonies. But uh, on, the, on the reverse of that, I do like, especially when I outgrow it, I do love 
gifting. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. But it's not, this makes you accepted into the community. It's 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 just like, like I'd be proud for you to wear something that I... I wore probably. Well, right. also, this no longer fits me. Here you right. go. Right. Well, actually, <laughs> like I'm going to give him my leather pants that See? don't. But you know what I would say to that is embrace it and take it for history and culture because I am sick of our culture being thrown away. And you know, these things happened and they were fun and it was people exploring. So the capping ceremony at the time, at least it was people trying to bring some construct to our community. And that's what joined us. You know, those are the kind of things you went to the event. All right, it didn't last more than two years, but it was an event when there was nothing for us. So I say when you look back at all that, I honor those people for trying to say we are important. Just it's our culture. And, you know, what if it's gone? It was fun. It was fun for them. Let's embrace it. But let's keep teaching it. Yeah. Yeah. I like. Yeah. Well, I want to say that I think it. The history gives us all a base yeah. to grow from, and especially you know younger people who don't understand where we came from, it, it unites us when we all know that you know this is this is how things started, or these yeah. are some of the people who said certain things or did certain things. So it just helps us understand that you know those things unite us. It's like a you know a recipe, yeah. you know. It, passed down from a family. It changes and changes, but it's still that same basic recipe. And if you know that, you know, so-and-so Aunt Mary, you know, originated that, it still goes back to that. So it gives us a place to start from. Right, and I don't think we'd be where we are today if people didn't try those things. You know, try things, fail often, keep what works, get rid of what doesn't. And respect whatever traditions people do, realizing everyone's going to have different ones. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, I'm not mad about people having having ceremonies. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not right. having mine. But I think <laughs> it's great that you did. I do too. It's right. an anachronism. And Aunt Mary's cream pie was perfect. You just need to add something. <laughs> yes. um, I do want to challenge you guys, though. You answered the, the importance of leather history really, really well. I want to know what parts of history need to be taught. So is there a, a, an instance in time, an event, a person that, that queer people should know about? One one thing each. Ooh. Queen uh, Chris. I'm going to... I'm Okay. You said queer. I'm going to actually make it leather queer. That's fine. And that was when... Um, Living in Leather had its first conference where, to, to the best of my knowledge, it was the first time that people of all gender expressions, all orientations, etc., came together under one conference roof, if you will, and socialized and had educational things and met and discussed things. I don't think that was ever done before. I agree. And I think that that set a path for our scene, and I think it's important for people to know about that Living in Leather history. I agree. You know, there's a... Uh, when... HIV first happened, when AIDS first happened, and the leather community was blamed for a lot of it. Um, and they, but the leather community stepped up. Well, well, I was getting to that. You just jumped <laughs> off into my story. I was just But But, but it's, it's right, you know, we were getting blamed for AIDS, and the leather community stepped up and, um, and t- took over and, and created things like, you know, Ace Emergency Fund and all of those, the right. bars got involved, the title holders got involved. And so we decided that we had to take care of our own, and we did. And we did. And I'll yeah. say one thing about leather is there is a piece of it that has a drag component in terms of a little bit of costuming. And, you know, it was drag queens and leather guys who were willing to put their face out there and get on the news 
and get chained to the stock exchange when they weren't doing things for drugs. And we granted other people in the community might not have been able to, but those people stepped up. To the best of my knowledge, the first safer sex guide, and I may be wrong, but that I remember here in San Francisco was a collaboration between the Lovett community and the Sisters of Petrol and Delta. Yes. You're right, and I lived on the East Coast at the time, and I'm going to tell you that went national. Yep. And that was the first time I really started getting knowledgeable about the sisters. And don't forget about the lesbians who stepped up oh, and absolutely. took care of us. They really, really yeah. stepped up and took care of us. And can I give a shout out for that, sir? Because I'll, I'll tell you, when the um, Fred Phelps was out, you know, at our funerals, it was the people who were guards at abortion clinics who showed up to you know, guard us against those, you know, really vile people that were actually at our funerals, you know, like protesting them. And it was women. You're absolutely right. And they were organized because they were doing that at abortion clinics to get people in. And they came in that organization and they stood at wherever those funerals were. And I I agree with you. We can never forget gay women for what they did for us. And and I recall a number of heterosexual women who stepped up in a way that was it was, was it, beautiful at the time. It was those women from the abortion clinics who yep. were guarding women to get in, came and guarded us at funerals. Look at the quilt. The quilt, right? Quilt, which we talked about in the last episode. I would my mine would be uh, to we talked about Drummer magazine, but do some history and research on Drummer magazine, Tony DeBois and creating the Leather Pride flag, mm. uh, San Utopia University. All yeah. of those things are big pieces of our history that are lost because they were never digitized. You're right. Uh, so we're now internet based, but 70s, 80s, 90s, there's a big chunk of history that the kids aren't getting now because it was all in magazine and print. You're right. And, it, and they're... Drummer Magazine was a, tru- a treasure trove oh, oh, yeah. of information that's not out there right now. Uh, you'd have to search through those magazines, but amazing articles, amazing stories, and amazing how-to um, tutorials. It was, yeah, it was our Bible. Yeah, and instrumental. I, I'd say again, Pride. Please teach yourself what Pride is, how it started, who started it, why yeah. it started, and the implications of it. Yeah, it was a long time ago, but. History doesn't change, even if our customs and how we live do. Um, but a lot of people forget the, the importance of like how pride started, who did it, and the importance of it. You know, the sex around it, the different identities that have always been there. And without that history, we get so off topic so quickly when we forget about community. We get off topic. Did we get off topic right? on that? No. no. <laughs> Tangents aside, next question uh, that comes from Horan. Horan? That's their name. Don't wear it out. What we're doing. It can be hard and it can feel unwelcoming because I'm a woman in leather spaces going to claw. I sometimes feel like I'm an intruder in the space. This could honestly, perhaps, just be my own anxiety, but what do you guys think about leather spaces and women? And to that, I will say more than just women. Let's say non-masculine, non-male people at places like claw. So... What are your opinions? I'm intimately familiar with CLAW. CLAW was founded as essentially a gay men's event. It has always been welcoming of women. However, they have never specifically catered the agenda of the weekend to women. So I can understand why somebody would feel a little bit like they don't belong because the event doesn't do programming specifically for them. 
but they've always been welcome. Yeah, and I so just so you know, our demographics for our YouTube show is about forty to fifty yeah. percent women. Yeah, which I'm so women are very curious in our lifestyle and community. Um, that being said, I, I think that there's got to be some sort of balance because we're gay men. We're attracted to other men. And a lot of these events are for gay men to play with other gay men. So yes, of course, if you're female going into that kind of space, you're going to feel odd man out a little bit. But I have never seen us not be welcoming. I don't think we're welcoming when it comes to playing with you, but we're gay. Right. So I don't, I, I don't, I don't understand if they're not feeling welcome because they're not able to have sex with us or if they're not feeling welcome because we shun them. Well, so no follow-up questions, but can I add a perspective sure, to that? Sure. Um, Porin does go on to say after that in a thread that, oh, okay. that you guys have always been lovely and making a, an accessible space uh, and love the education and history. And that's great. So like they weren't saying that you weren't being friendly, but I will say that I think that kind of to your point, there there's a time and a place for everything. Mm-hmm. It's not about being exclusionary, but providing a space for people to experience and grow in that experience. So like, for instance, if claw is a coming out of like leather and queerness for this person who's more femme identity, like fine, there's space for that. But that might also be a space for uh, a gay guy who's never been out at all to be kinky and queer. And they need that space to grow as much as she does. Yeah. You know? So I think that there are spaces like claw and there's spaces in claw for everyone. And then there's sometimes like play parties that are specific to uh, one or two identities. And I think that that should be allowed so long as people aren't being disrespectful about it. I agree. You know, we all need to grow in our own time and pace. I just had this very conversation at um, Blackout, which is a national conference for Onyx. Um, And I had this conversation with uh, one of my brothers who's a trans man and um, his soon-to-be wife, who was one of the Onyx girls, which were the women that worked with Onyx. And... um, they explained that it's not necessarily the event, the event producers. It's the people who attend the event. Right. And they understand that they can't control that, but they also believe that the producers of the events, and I agree, should have some sort of policy in place in writing that says you cannot be disrespectful to our guests. Right. If you're disrespectful mm-hmm. to our guests, you will be asked to leave. Yeah. And if women are at our events and they are our guests, they are to be respected. And no, we can't control the crowd, but if someone in the crowd does something that should not be done or said, they need to be asked to leave. And that needs to be put in writing and they need to be told this up front. Yeah. I agree. Honestly, that's, yeah. that's the key of it is most key. event yeah. problems is there was not a guideline written and people are being like, uh-uh. Or there is a guideline written that people aren't following. Right. It's very yeah. easy to say, well, here's the event, here's the rule, you're breaking it, or and or we're following it. Mm-hmm. And I think that organizations need to be good about that as well. Yeah. So that's accountability on them sometimes. Yeah, if I can add one thing, for about the last 10 years, not in the last two, I had a wonderful opportunity to work pretty closely with the trans community. And when I was talking with some folks from the Trans Law Center, this came up, 
And I was saying, you know, I, I think if you talk to the producers and just like you say, there are identified male spaces, let's start like having classes that people come forward and say, these are trans or these are, are female spaces or these are, you know, pants welcome places and step forward. And I don't think that people have it. I know that they have, but just like the hatting ceremony, you know, step forward and be the one to start something and something will grow from it. And I think instead of stepping back and saying, oh, I, you know, I, I don't feel like they're welcoming. You're right. Go to the organizers and say, you know, I want to have a class at this conference for this hour and let's see what happens. That's, Organically, it'll grow. That's a good point, especially with CLAW. They're always looking. They have like over 200 classes. So, oh, yeah. I mean, so there should be classes. Yeah, like, there probably are. Yes. women. <laughs> Uh, there's also pansexual events and stuff like Under the Mountains yeah. and other uh, more inclusive spaces as well. The, yeah, one other great thing point. I, I want to say is that our community is no different than any other community, mm -hmm. and we're constantly evolving. And that means it's going to get bumpy. I will give the example of a lot of trans men did not feel comfortable in gay male spaces. Right. That is changing. Yeah, look at Gira. Yeah, we, we have a lot of progress. Not perfect, but we evolve. And so allowing for that evolution, allowing for the bumpiness, the conversation, the dialogue, and realize it's going to be a little messy sometimes. So I, I really think it's important to, to not look at everything in stark right. contrast and say we evolve, we discuss, we dialogue, we experience, and eventually things change. And I truly believe our community is the one to do it. So step out there. Have a class that just says, you know, how do we feel more comfortable here? And see who shows up. Well, you know, I mean, yes, that. But I think there also has to be ex ex affinity affinity places for people. You know, like at Folsom, we had a booth for BIPOC people to come in and just be around BIPOC people. Would you say I what think, BIPOC is for those who don't know? Black, I gotta do it with the <laughs> Black indigenous people of color. Oh, okay. Um, in our spaces for BIPOC people and women and trans men and women who can just get together and be alone with themselves. Yeah. You know, like we don't always want to be teaching a class or and doing all that kind of work. Sometimes we just want to hang with each other. And if we're given a space where we could just go hang with each other, let our hair down, exhale, and then go back and deal with the masses. And I would say that would be something that I'd love to see women do, have a space at an event where they could say, okay, from, from five to eight, we're meeting here and we're just going to do, do our, our thing. thing. I love it. And if we have control of events or spaces where we have the real estate, the place that we control, it's incumbent upon us to, to some extent, extend the offer to others to come in and use that Absolutely. Space. Mm -hmm. And because sometimes we have the privilege, I don't use that word very often, but we have the privilege of the ability to host events, to have spaces, organize. to have real estate and organize. And it is incumbent upon us to invite other people in. And I want to say one other thing. It isn't either or. It's and. And a lot of guys will say, but we really, you know, we like to play at these spaces. And that will happen. And so will theirs. Good. Good answers. Good answers. <laughs> Thank you. Next, Next question. question. <laughs> in the immortal words of Hannah Montana, nobody's perfect. Uh, next question. From Visible Restraint. 
You never saw Hannah Montana. I never saw it. I didn't either. Really? It's, it's, never, it's Miley Cyrus, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's Hannah. Shh. <laughs> I'm Hannah Montana. Me, Miley. <laughs> the next question. She changed. She's new. From visible restraint. <laughs> Often it gets young pervs off to do exactly the sex that mainstream culture tells them not to do. Does this impulse change with age and how? Oh. oh. And then, and then, oh. and then, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> is, it, is it hot, for instance, once you're established in the king community to play in ways that are unexpected for someone in your position? Okay, I'm the old guy, the oldest guy here. And let me say, as you get older, you give a fuck less. You don't give a rat's ass. And, and you, 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 <laughs> I, I think you care less what other people think, so you try more. Yep. So you expand your horizons. Yep. To you are right. A bit. And you know, I think originally, because we were such outsiders, like when we first came out, we were mental illness. We were still in the DSM. We were mental illness. We were. That's what they said to us. And you know, we did just what you said. But you know what? I have to say, you what you're thinking, no matter how experienced the person is that you're interacting with, they have and do feel the same way. So just be open. But I, I mean, when I was in my 20s, if you told me water sports, I no way. Now I'm like, yeah! Rain on me. Rain on me. Rain on me. But I think as you get older, you know, you get bored of doing the, you know, Same okay, I've, I've done the impact play, I tie people up, <laughs> I need thing. something new. So I know I started looking for other things. It's like, I've done all that. I need some fun stuff now. Right. And so I want to explore. And I'm I'm sixty something, and yeah. I'm I'm doing things that I've never done before. Yeah, I'm doing things I never did before, and I'm like, why didn't I start sooner? Right? I Same mean, here. why yes. didn't I? Start here. And I think I think the younger guys are starting sooner than we did. Oh, way sooner. Yeah. Oh thinking. my God, they're doing things that but we you're not. Know. No, you're not. What's the question? The question being, oh. you're right, you're right there. Is it hot? As an established person, to play in unexpected ways. So are you playing oh, God, in yes. ways that people didn't expect, and does that make it oh, harder yeah. to you? So, yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I went to a, a play party where I was 100% bottom sub, which I never would have done uh -huh. once upon a time. And I don't think I would have even entertained that before I was 60 years old. I don't know why. But for some reason, as I got older, I just didn't give a fuck anymore. Right. And, and and I think that younger people, one of the things I respect about younger kingsters is the fact that they just go for what they want. Yeah. More they so do. than we did. I was way more uptight than the younger people are today. Me yeah. too. Okay. I, I always said it was the second coming out, coming out kinky. You had to deal with being gay, and then you dealt with being kinky, and that was a five-year period in between uh, now they're one and the same yeah, mm -hmm. they don't they do everything kinky right out of the gate and let me let me just say to young people keep doing that yes. right? that is so cool <laughs> i wish i had done that when i was younger yeah. right well and look at us if you're at an event and you see old guard or you know just old queers around start talking to them because look at us we can't stop you know, they will talk to you. They will talk to you. All you have to do is talk to them, and we love talking. Clearly. Ask them 
loser. I actually have a follow up. So, do you think your your own personal kinks or or just interests evolve over time? Oh god. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. And. Do you guys have any secret kinks you've never told anyone about? Oh, you don't have to tell me what it is, but I'm just curious. Like, are there things that are so perverse you don't share with, like? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, oh. and I'm way kinkier than I was. Oh yeah, way kinkier than I was when I was younger. But you know, but you know, what's really funny is like I could talk to people online that I've known for years, and we're so, yeah, and we're get and we're talking play dates. And eventually they'll say something like, well, I've known you forever and we're going to play. But what do you think of this? And then we go down this really, really dark rabbit hole. And it's like, oh, thank God you want to do this. Or thank God you want to say those things that people don't ever want to say. Right. So, yeah, I think now it's like, yeah. Yeah, dark rabbit holes are great. Dark yeah, they are. Yeah. Can I, one, of, <laughs> one of the things that I've discovered, and this probably happened when I was about 55, was, and I'm a lot older than that now, is that I liken it to how kids have an imagination and they'll play and they'll do whatever and they do crazy things and make up, you know, phantom friends. And I think gay people, straight, gay, I mean, non-kink gay people and us do harbor those thoughts. And it's a part of the imagination that's actually grown our community is that people learn how to do it. They start communicating it. And you know what? It's healthy. It is very healthy, and I think whoever asked that question, you know, they obviously have some things they think aren't going to be accepted, and they should go for it because they will find a community. Well, that was but wait till it's safe. safe. Well, of course, like we said, everything. I think get with somebody who knows what they're doing. And to answer visible restraints question, yes, absolutely, I do get off on uh, mind bending a little bit uh, what people's expectations of me are like on my Twitter feed and my uh, Just For Fans site, people usually subscribe because they think I'm a dom daddy right. or I'm a daddy and I'm gonna be this top. So when I go into sub pig mode or wearing chastity or these things they don't expect Or be a me, horse. Or be a horse right. or be a pony, my pony play. Um, people actually really get off on that, uh, just seeing that juxtaposition. I love it. I think it gives other people who are used to having to be like the dom top all the time permission to be like well you know mr christopher can do this i can do it too i agree you're yeah, no that is that, that is switch. not how you should look i'm part of the reason you're <laughs> not yeah, it just because daddy does something doesn't mean you should do it no, <laughs> I mean, just so i say this christopher is part of the reason i'm a switch because i saw you so openly and publicly and with joy be a switch right that it allowed me to do well, it in a way that I, oh, I that's sweet. And part yeah. of the reason. And you know, as somebody who only has a sub-down relationship with him, I love seeing him sub. I don't know why, but it's um, it's titillating to me. Well, let's forget about gangbang and amp. Let's gang Yay! Yay! <laughs> Finally! Right. Sorry. Sorry. Let's go back to the, the last part. I didn't even hear that was an option. <laughs> okay, last question. Are you guys ready for the last We're question? Ready. Yeah, sure. Last question, bring it. This one from, uh, oh, sorry, I can't read the Poop, 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 ump. Um, says, uh, say one nice thing about everyone on the team. Oh. 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 Or, sorry, sorry. The question: Can you say one nice thing about it? <laughs> well, let's start with the pig. Let's start on this end. Oh God! About each person, or one? Say something nice. Okay, real quick. One of the things that I really appreciate about race is he has such a great position in the community and doesn't like 
Kardashian. He, he's really respectable. <laughs> <laughs> I really mean. Bo, you and a Kardashian live. I want to see yeah. race Kardashian. No, <laughs> no but, but he's everywhere. But Graylin, not Grayland, Graylin. <laughs> I think is so open and it's still, I, I'm going to be honest about it, it still teaches me things about race. Not you, but oh. no. <laughs> because, well, you talk about race in ways where this has been a problem, this isn't, and yet this is funny. And I find that really, really inspiring. Yes. What I have to say about Sir Christopher is he is far more kind and thoughtful Oh. Than I think anybody would think. He I, and it always I, it always impresses me, and, and always will. Oh, that's sweet. Okay, so I'll start with you, Pip. Uh, I've known you six or seven years. Um, you, you're just amazing guy. You you never lack for a story. Your stories are always informative. You have coached me in my personal life so much, and you're just always there for me. Um, it, and your knowledge is just breathtaking. So you're actually one of the main reasons we started this show, because you and I would s sit around having these exact conversations we, we should film all it. the time. Graylin, I have always admired because of your involvement in the community. Mm -hmm. um, you have been there for 30 years of me living here in San Francisco and you've always been a good friend to me. We have a little push and pull relationship, but I love you like a brother. <laughs> and you're also very knowledgeable about everything yeah. in the community. Race, you are Switzerland. You, you stay neutral on everything. You never say an unkind word about right. anyone. Don't gossip ever, um, but you know everything. <laughs> you yeah. know, you have got your ear to the ground on everything. So you've been an amazing mentor to me my entire life, and I've known you 30 years. So. Wow. Um, so I want to say, Pig, I've only known you for a few years, but I love your level of intelligence. Oh. You just seem to be an expert on so many things and whenever you start to talk I'm just like you know you should write you should write a book they should write a book <laughs> I'm a shitty writer <laughs> I should write for you but, but you have so much knowledge that's just buried in your head and I'd love for you to get that out so that you know younger generations can, can hear your wow. stories because they're pretty awesome um, or we could do a YouTube show. They would not get So yeah, Chris. Yes, we've known each other for for thirty years. But I think my most fun memories of when we worked together um, at Brush Creek Media. You were wow. a great, great boss. Well, thank you. <laughs> we had so much fun together, yeah. and I learned a lot about. Um, the whole industry from you, but I also learned how to deal with other people. You actually helped me through some situations that were that were quite difficult. Mm. Um, and I'm not gonna say those on camera. <laughs> <laughs> but there were times that were difficult at Brush Creek. I remember. Okay. 
Um, so race, um, race, you're the person I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> wow. No, I, I mean, because you are able to work your way through so many various communities and you know someone in every community and you know how to bring those people together. Like every time I talk to you, you're saying, do you know this person? Have you talked to that person? You send me emails on things that I should be doing and knowing. And and I really appreciate that. And so, yeah, the way you can move through communities and, and spread information is admirable. Oh. So I'm gonna start by talking about Pam. <gasps> Oh. I was gonna drag all y'all the other way. <laughs> See, and this is why race everyone. He does it. He does it again. He does. <laughs> there are very few younger kingsters that I res well, there's no one I respect more than Anne. Me. On every level, personality, dedication yep. to the community, intellect, doesn't matter. Brilliance. Yeah, brilliant. Let me just say that. And, and I think lots the safe word, along with eCrisper, has done more good for the scene than most things I can think of. Mm -hmm. So let me just say that. Hey, your intellect is insane. <laughs> you are so fucking smart. And I have never had a conversation with you where I didn't learn something. Ah. So Christopher, you know, I, I talked about the fact that you're part of the reason I'm a switch because I admire the way you engage in your kink life so much. But very few people are so open mm -hmm. and engage in their kink with such abandon as you. And it's inspiring because you inspire me, but you inspire everybody that you come in contact with, whether you realize it or not. Graylin. I have never seen anyone more dedicated to the community than you, mm -hmm. ever, ever. And I don't mean just the black community that you have rallied in a way that is incredibly inspiring and educational and important at this slice in time, but the community generally, you always think we'll have a private conversation and it's like, what about this person? And how do we bring this person in? And what do we do to make sure everybody feels included? I've never met anybody who's like you like that. I really haven't. And so you're inspired. Oh, yeah. oh. thank you. And the kinky sucks. You've met with. And the kinky, yeah, the best thing ever. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Oh my God. Everybody Unforgettable. <laughs> Unforgettable. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. I'm going to call time on this. I think we've answered all the questions. And thank you for sending in yeah. your questions. Um, I actually enjoy this format a lot. Uh, yeah. Just sitting around and off the cuff. Part two. Part two. Part two. <laughs> I, could, I could do this more. I, I really enjoy this. Please don't. Okay. There's already too much to edit. Because <laughs> they go on tangents. Okay, so if you like our show, please subscribe to it down below. If you want to get notified of the next one, ring that bell. Um, we are wearing some lovely merchandise yes. that you can get at thesafewordshop.com if you like some of our shirts. Um, otherwise, we just want to give a big thank you to you guys. We've almost been doing this for a year. Yeah. The feedback has been great. 
Um, and I really appreciate you guys doing this every month with us. So thank you guys. We will talk to you next time. If you have any suggestions of what you'd like to, to see us talk about, leave it in the comments down below. Um, and with that, our producer looks like he's going to fly away. No, I'm telling you guys to say goodbye. Oh, oh bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we have the amp or we wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> well, leave comments for next time in the comments to engage people and also have things for next Okay, just, just cut the camera. <laughs> <laughs> bye. bye. <laughs> We're all going to have sex with Graylin now. Oh, yeah. there you go. See, we're racist and raving. And remember it. <laughs> And I'm taking this. <laughs> and I'm taking this. Thank you, Leather Daddy. Thank you, oh, and thank you to our sponsor, <laughs> Mr. S. Leather, who wow. also makes this possible. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye! Bye. Bye.